is the almost last one on the series from the Fruit of the Spirit, and uh, it's self-control. So today you're going to get the beginnings of self-control. <laughs> and then in about, in about three or four weeks' time, you'll get the rest of it on self-control. Um, and you might be of the view that I've kind of got the short straw being the last one, because obviously we're all working from the same passage, and you might think, is there anything left to be said? But we all know that the Bible is like the TARDIS. It's a lot bigger on the inside than we actually might think, and especially when we've got the Holy Spirit with us rather than a Time Lord. So I'm following in the footsteps of Chrissy, who spoke on love, Pete with Pat, who spoke on joy, Tim spoke on peace, Keith on patience, Dave on kindness, I did goodness, Brian spoke on faithfulness, and Ben spoke on gentleness. And this is the last fruit, self-control. And I suppose what I, you know, thinking about what others have spoken about, I think the key message is the singleness of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but also highlighting what I would say is the diversity of the effect or the diversity of the evidence of the Holy Spirit of work in our lives. So one spirit, one fruit, many facets. So everybody's done that. Um, and I'm going off in a different direction, as it might not surprise you. Um, the more I, I've, I've been reflecting and praying about speaking on self-control for a number of weeks now, because um, it's an interesting topic, self-control, and it might be that uh, people, you might have um, a uh, already an idea about what you think self-control is about. Um, and often people link self-control with resisting something and it could be chocolate or cheese or cream cakes but something which you think I've got to be self-controlled I've got to resist this and you could say once you go down that line if you don't resist there's the guilt the failure the condemnation but that's not the element of self-control that I want to look at. I want to look at something different. And uh, if I just give you a quote about the rules and regulations bit, Paul wrote this in Colossians. This is Colossians 2, verse 23. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Because when we talk about self-control, it, we kind of link it with our appetite, don't we? Whether that's our appetite for food or an appetite for something, and we want to control that side. Um, but if we go for will, effort, self-control, we're lost from the start. It won't control anything because we all know that we're human, we, can't, we haven't got that kind of strength, have we? Um, but I'm looking at a, a different kind of aspect, 
And uh, I'm going to, we'll get to the Bible in just a minute, but Paul, who wrote that thing in Colossians, we all know that Paul's upbringing, he would have known a lot about rules and regulations, wouldn't he? From his, his faith tradition, it was all about keeping the law. And of course, he got born again out of that tradition. And he had an encounter with Jesus, which meant that he um, proclaimed a different kind of message. And what I would like to do is I would like to set the scene by reading the start of Galatians 5. So if you'd like to turn there with me, please. And actually, before we go any further, sorry. <laughs> um, one of the other things that has been with me a lot recently, and, it, and sorry, this is a complete tangent for a moment, all right? We're just going down a little alleyway and then we're coming back again. Um, you know I've given various illustrations over the last few months linked to the garden. And I'm fairly into looking and understanding about soil. And as a result of that, I've gone back to the um, parable of the sower. And one of the things that it talks about in the parable of the sower, you know it's the good soil, the bad soil, the dry soil and all that kind of stuff. The one where the seed falls into the good soil, see if I can find it. I've taken off my glasses, so it's, oh, here we are. Right. If you remember, he does the parable and the disciples are like, what are you on about here? So he goes, he goes back and he explains to them. And uh, what he says to them is that um, the one who received the seed that fell on the good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. And I really wanted to pray at the start for us that we would both hear the word and we would understand it because that's where we will grow the fruit stuff, okay? So, Lord, I pray that you would help me to be clear and that, Lord, you would help all of us by your Holy Spirit to hear your words and to understand what you are speaking to us, that our lives may be changed. Amen. Okay, so Galatians 5. It's one... What a wonderful start, eh? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And I have to say, um, with the stuff that's been coming through some of our Sundays, there's a, even this morning we've been reminded about the yoke and the burden, haven't we? Um, and this, at the outset, Paul is saying to the Galatians, you know, you were, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Don't get burdened again. Ooh. Anyway, before I read through there, the first point I'm going to make, and the only point, really, I'm going to make this morning, is that in order to be able to know about self-control, we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to be aware of self and we need to be aware of the place that self should be in. So I'm just going to talk about self um, t 
today. I know it sounds a bit funny putting it like that, but like I say, in my reflections, I thought, actually, in order to understand more about self-control, I need to understand more about who I am, about myself. Um, so, here we are. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. So Paul was saying here, if you want to go back to meeting the requirements of the law, fine, but Jesus would count for nothing for you. And then I'm just going to move on a bit to verse 5. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now to verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbour as yourself. So I'm going to verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do, not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. I'm just going to stop there for a minute. Because obviously the next bit we go on to is Paul talks about the sinful nature and I suppose the spiritual nature where he talks about uh, the sins and the fruit. Um, And then he goes on at the end of 5 and into chapter 6. He's telling us that we need to stay in step with the Spirit. And he also goes on to say that, you know, God's not going to be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Um, So I think Paul is reminding them, by talking about the freedom, Paul is reminding them of the gospel message. So I actually want to just look at what is the gospel message. Now I'm looking around the room, and I know all of you are born again. You know the gospel message. Um, But I think it won't do us any harm to look at that basic message of the gospel because it will help us get hold of who we are in Christ. So what was I, the, the thought that I had is, the well the first thought that I had is that God has rescued us. We're in the kingdom of light. We're not in the kingdom of Satan anymore. And God's forgiven us. And I've got this great quote here from Colossians 1, starting with verse 12. He talks about giving thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so that's that bit. 
Um, we've become free from sin, we're dead to sin, and our old self is dead. And then I'm going to go read something out from Romans 6 here. This is verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. This is great, this is. This is verse, sorry, chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. Isn't that a fantastic sentence? That's one of those ones where you need to kind of write that down somewhere and stick it somewhere where you're going to see it every day. The other thing I've added into this is that we've become a new creation. And in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 we've got therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come and I summed that up in this way the old me is dead therefore I'm not living under the old rules I've started again as a new creation so the old rules don't apply I need to understand who I am now as that new creation and live under the new arrangements. So if I step this side, because I have to have sometimes little pictures to help me kind of communicate this. So I'm in England, okay, and I live under the English rules um, and obviously there's Queen Elizabeth. There are certain rules that I have to live by and I get born again. And it's as if I'm now in France. Now, I know some of you might not think this is the best country to pick, but anyway. So now I'm living in France, and I've got a new life in France. I'm still me. I'm still the me that moved from England to France. But now I'm living under a completely different set of rules. We've got a republic, not a... a um, Monarchy, that's the word, thank you. I had a, mo a moment's loss there. <laughs> so I'm under a republic instead of a monarchy. The French have different rules completely. You know, it's the two-hour lunchtime, everything shuts. Life is completely different. And I have to learn how to live in France because if I, if I take my English rules with me to go and live in France... How am I going to get on? I'm not going to do so well, am I? I'm going to, to clash. So I want to use that as a picture about us getting born again. We're starting off in a new land. We're the same person, and yet we're slightly different because we're that new creation. And we have to learn to live in a new place under new rules. I don't really like saying rules, because when you get born again and you start a relationship with Jesus, actually it's not about rules, is it? It's about a relationship and it's about wanting to please Jesus. And oh yes, we might look at the Bible and think, well there are things that God tells us it would be a good idea if we do. But I don't like to focus on the rules because I think by nature human, human beings like to get into rules and oh yes these are the rules that I've got to live by but it's not about that we're a new creation 
Now, there's one element that I've missed out so far, and I'm going to do a quick quiz. There's three choices. What have I missed out so far? Number one, I now have a halo, because I've got born again. Number two, I'm free to do what I like. Or number three, Jesus is Lord of my life. Which bit have I not mentioned? Anybody? Number three? Sure? Yes? <laughs> yes, number three. <laughs> Sorry, I sat there trying to work these out last night, and when you do a multiple choice, you're supposed to pick ones that are all close together, but it was too, too much hard work, that was. <laughs> so, um, in all of that, you know, I'm dead, I've been born again, I'm dead to sin, but alive to Christ. I haven't mentioned about the Lordship. And I think that this is absolutely crucial and perhaps links us back to a couple of things that were shared during the course of the worship this morning. Um, in going through that process of becoming a child of God, Jesus became Lord of my life. Matthew 16, verse 24 says this, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So that's the final part of this new life package. The old is dead. It's a new creation, living under new rules, and Jesus is Lord of my life. And if I was to use probably a classic church picture, we could have a, what they tend to do in all those books is they have a picture of a throne, don't they? And before I was a Christian, self was sitting on the throne, enjoying running my life. And when I became a Christian, self should be booted off the throne and Jesus should be sitting on the throne instead and Jesus is ruling my life. So where we've got to is that through this process, I'm now made clean because I've been forgiven. Old has gone, I'm new. I've left the old country, I'm in the new place. Jesus is boss of my life, not self. And the Spirit of God is at work in me to make me more like Jesus. Now you might say, what is all that to do with self-control? Well, this is the, as I say, this is the starter. And what I'm saying is that we need to know who we are before we can understand about self-control. And if I just give you a little kind of, um, what do we call the course? This is like the fish course. You know, if you're going to one of those posh meals. It's a taster. Yeah, taster. All right. Um, this is where I'll be working from when I speak next. And it was Ben that first uh, brought this passage to our attention. In John 13, verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, and then we get into the, the foot washing. And I'm very, you, you know, you look at Jesus, Jesus knew who he was. He didn't have to prove himself. He knew who he was. And therefore, he was free to do whatever God showed him to do. Because it wasn't about pleasing himself. <coughs> it was about pleasing God. 
And that's where I want to go um, when I come back in a few weeks' time. I'd encourage you all to look again at some of those passages about that gospel message um, and encourage you not to get burdened, but to stay with freedom, because that's where the truth is.